0: Before we start the show, I gotta give you guys the inside scoop on the best electrician in town. That's right, it is Piper Electric. They've been around for over 35 years, and they're the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical... and trustworthy electrical contracting companies in the denver community best part is if you call 202-646-6765 piper electric will hook you up with the dnvr back to school special and you will save 20 percent off your next service call no job is too big or too small so don't forget to call our friends over at piper electric let's start the show
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the
2: timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two
3: with Landis guy. He has
2: done it again. Vaughn Miller,
3: ladies and gentlemen. dump two, two hands the Cole Jokic. Save me by Krubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You
2: will
1: see it from. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders.
0: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, home of the greatest beers made in Colorado. Drew's enjoying one right now as he is officially in the offseason. Drew, how does it feel?
1: Well, it hasn't been very off yet. Today was a big day. There was a lot to talk about. But uh, the, the long nap I took yesterday felt really good.
2: It's always 5 o'clock when you're in the offseason. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I've got, as you guys could hear, Drew Co. Drew Konigsberg, I almost joined you. Too.
1: <laughs> he would be good. He would be yeah, good. That guy like sounds like not. a right. good reporter.
0: Okay. <laughs> Drew Creason, AJ Hafley, Eric. Freedom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> D-line co. Oh, man. Nice.
0: Eric, and Ryan Konigsberg, and Andre Simone on the board. And as you guys can tell, we're already having fun. Um, there's a lot to talk about in the Denver sports world Let's start with you, Drew, just to wrap up. Uh, The Rockies swept the Brewers to finish their 2019 season. Some exciting wins. We got to see two walk-off wins.
2: Oh, they're just there went all of our viewers. Everyone (laughs) just turned.
3: Oh, the Rockies, bye.
1: That was an objectively hilarious series of professional sports games. I don't care who you are, what sport you're into. That was some of the funniest. the Brewers were basically in a position starting the day where, like, their whole playoff odds could ride on this game. And if the Cardinals lost and they could beat the Rockies, then they could force, they were like the Rockies were in last year, and all this cool stuff could happen. And then the Cardinals just destroy the Cubs early on. And so, about the fourth inning of that last game, everybody knew no one's playing for anything. The Rockies have been out of it for a month and a half. Uh, the Brewers knew they had nothing left to play for, they took all their starters out. All these kids are out there. Suddenly we're watching a A baseball game, but they're all trying really hard. The Rockies make a comeback at the end and send the game into extras, which just messes up the Brewers even more. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I haven't really said this out loud yet. I'm 80% sure I watched a team purposefully lose and mess that strategy up because they should have purposefully lost four innings earlier. It was... The funniest thing I've seen in a very long time, and I enjoyed every second of that final <laughs> series. I know, I know it was, like, meaningless to the standings or whatever. Some small measure, especially if, if the Brewers get rocked today by the Nationals and they look tired. I think the Rockies are going to feel a little bit good about themselves and the way they went after the team that unceremoniously swept them out of the NLDS last year.
4: Well, also, they didn't... they save themselves from finishing in the basement, right? So there's, That's like, right. A li- there's That's like a little there's like a little pride involved. Yeah.
1: Charlie Blackman had a great line about that. He goes he goes, "I guess it's good we're not the worst." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, like, I guess.
1: You know, play, players weren't taking too much stock in that, but yeah, I mean, I think some fans did. That it's it's better to not be in last and they're not playing for draft picks at this point, you know, it's it's not that. So, yeah, they needed their season to end well and they needed their young guys to play. And that was the other Fun thing about all these comebacks and the walk-offs that I was talking about—you got Garrett Ham, Sam Hilliard, them being down to the their final out, and Sam Hilliard comes off the bench to face Josh Hader, one of the nastiest left-handed pitchers in all of it's one of the nastiest relievers in all of baseball. Yeah. Sam's been in big leagues for three weeks, takes a fastball up and away from him and hammers it the other direction for a game-tying home run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. I sent out a tweet. I said, the Rockies basically just ruined the end of the Brewers season just because they could.
2: So good. My favorite part is that, Drew, we have a Slack channel now that everyone's in, and Drew was, like, so hype about so many things that were happening in the series. And I was like, man, this is how I know, like, you're the right guy to cover baseball because it's game 161. The Rockies have been out of it for months, and Drew's still like, look at this baseball game that's happening. It's incredible. Slam
1: Hilliard, baby. Yeah, that was good time. It was. It was a very entertaining end to a really crappy season. And yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. Like, we, you all know, because you've been there, like, you appreciate them playing a little bit of inspired, even when it doesn't matter. If they have just come out and laid out clunkers, what was I going to write or have to talk about the last several days? They gave me plenty of fodder, so. R-
2: Real quick, what was their, like, w- if you find, like, a good clip of the end of the season, what was their record at the end of the season? feels
1: like they played good ball for, like,
2: Twenty oh, yeah. games. Oh yeah,
1: I think they like finished eleven and eight or or something like that down the stretch. Yeah.
4: So now that the season is over, you've had a nap to look back <laughs> and reflect on. So, what is your feeling on the season as a whole? Like, what what will you take from this season?
1: It, you know it was just it was super crazy. There were a lot of really bad. I started in the middle of the year calling it the whack a mole season, and I, and I think that's kind of what I'm sticking with. This was a year where. Mm-hmm. A lot of things went wrong that were outside of their control a lot of things went wrong that were inside of their control but the biggest problem was that the timing of the things that went wrong screwed everything up the fact that they had a ton of injuries right out of the gate so they couldn't get off to a good start and then they had a ton of injuries right at the end so they could never recover from some of the other things that happened people forget that this was a team that going into the month of july where the trade deadline is there was still a big question around all of baseball are they buyers are they sellers and then they just had the worst month in the history of their franchise and i really do think it comes down to that july oh yeah it really comes down to this one month and while Mm -hmm. i totally understand the fans and the people in the media who want to go crazy and look at a team that almost finished in last place and say they got to make full sale changes they got to get rid of guys they gotta do crazy things because they can't just rely on the fact that they won 91 games in 2018 to with mostly the same group and get back there. I do think there is a bit of an overreaction going on to what ostensibly comes out to, a month and a half where everything that could go wrong, including, by the way, Nolan Arenado was terrible in the month of July. He (laughs) was hurt a little bit. But those were the kinds of things. It was whenever one thing started to work out, the other thing fell off. And it it was that way all season. They've got to make some very serious changes. Probably the most important offseason in the history of the franchise right now, so I don't want to undersell that. But they're not going to go crazy, and they shouldn't. There's a very, very good core here that needs to be built around, not torn apart. And rebuilt. What
4: would you? How would you fix? What would you do?
1: I mean, I I just start going after pitchers. I mm-hmm. I. And do you, the hardest the pitchers want to listen
4: to that. Are they coming here? Like the good pitchers, do they care about your your sales pitch?
1: <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> not not here. They don't. Sometimes you have to overpay, and that explains, by the way, some way Davis and Brian Shaw okay. and Jake McGee yeah. contracts. You have to overpay to get guys in who've been good in other places, I, th- I think a better way to go is to, and we've seen them already start to do this with some of the players that people listening to this may have no idea who these names are. But Wes Parsons, Joe Harvey, Philip Deal—these are guys they brought in as minor oh, leaguers. We, yeah, we, we know those guys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, you, I know you. You three. know, <laughs> of course, Eric. <laughs> you know, Wes
2: Harvey—he's the one with the quirky movies,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. I love him. <laughs> um, they, they're sort of bringing in these dudes who are all still kind of in their mid twenties, who it hasn't worked out for them in other places, but they're maybe going to try to retool. They don't cost anything, and they just have a lot of them. And we've talked before on on this show about how volatile bullpens can be, and I really think that the thing you got to do is get two or three guys who you can feel like you can rely on and attack the rest of it with numbers. So I don't think it's about signing guys to – the big contracts and getting in the big name and being like, we're going to pay that guy. And he's going to come in and fix our bullpen. I think it's about going and finding some guys on the scrap heap and being really smart about it and expecting that some of the, the players you've had that have emerged this year are going to hold their own. But it, it really comes back to the starting pitching. You're, how good your bullpen doesn't matter if your starters are as terrible as they were for much of the early part of the season. I mean, it right? kind of
4: it kind of matters. Right? <laughs> it, it, it does.
1: You, you still need a closer, and that, that messed them up, too. You, they, but yeah. they won't be coming out. Like, this is the thing that has already changed that people don't realize. Wade Davis isn't this team's closer anymore. That was a huge problem this year. But that's one that, at least in theory, already has a solution to it and one that the numbers tell us we should all be very confident in with Scott Oberg. He's this team's closer now. So there are, there are already some fundamental changes that have taken place kind of under the radar. But the, they need some some other ones, too. But I would attack it more with numbers than with... Because they tried the... Oh, Brian Shaw's been the most reliable reliever in baseball for six years running. If we bring him in and he just does what he does, then that would have been a great contract. But th- it didn't work. I don't know if you saw this. It did not work that way. <laughs> <Okay. right.
0: laughs> so, Drew, you were at Coors Field today for media availability. What were two things you took away? Just two. <laughs> wow.
1: Um... I don't want to start here, but I do have to start (laughs) with the Nolan option thing because it was, (laughs) (laughs) oh, we're so ready to, it was, it surprised me, I will uh, admit it. And so what happened was Jeff Breidich was asked a question about whether or not the fact that Nolan Arenado can opt out after 2021 puts added pressure on him to compete so that he doesn't walk away. And first, I think he said all of the right things about like, no, like I should always be trying to build a winner and like no one player should kind of determine our direction. Uh but then he and he didn't have to, just admitted that in their contract negotiations, he, Jeff Breidich, was the one who pushed for the inclusion of that option and not Nolan Aronado.
0: Hmm. Oh.
1: Well, the plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So a lot of people's first reaction to that was what we've just heard here. Um, And I I do think if I can take one step back, because (laughs) part of my issue with this is the framing of a conversation that's been going on for a while, which generally seems to suggest that if the Rockies don't play good, Nolan are not going to leave. We've been dealing with this narrative for a very long time. This is not new. This is just coming up again because they had... A very bad season and quite frankly I think it is a fundamentally silly narrative for two reasons. One I don't think that's how Nolan Arenado operates I just don't. I don't think he thinks of it that way he hates losing and sometimes he expresses that and it gets sort of twisted into stuff but I just don't think he operates that way and two the Colorado Rockies are not a one man baseball team as great as that one man is they've, they've had teams. I watched them growing up as a kid with Larry Walker and Todd Helton who had some of the best Baseball players in the world and lost 90 games position players in particular. The Colorado Rockies have never had a time in their history where they haven't had two or three great position players on their team. That's why they almost had 3 million people come out to the ballpark this year. That's one reason it's with one of the, re- come, <laughs> but don't you come to see Nolan and Trevor play? Don't you come to sing tonight yeah. to Charlie Blackman like, and hope he hits one in the second deck.
4: But that narrative is more indicative of how deeply insecure we are as a fan base. <laughs> like we just want to be loved. Right. We love. We want it. We want it to be reciprocated and Nolan's so good. And the Dodgers are so close. Uh, And he's from there. And there's all these reasons that we just feel less than. We can't get pitchers to pitch like they pitch in other places when they come here. And, um, you know, it's like a deep-seated thing. Like, what do we do? Like, can the Rockies ever overcome? Can they ever overcome, Drew? Can this happen?
1: Yeah, it, it can. And it almost has a couple of times. And I think that the core they have now, what's funny to me is as I look at the Colorado Rockies on paper right now, they're a better baseball team than they were when they started the season. People aren't thinking about that because of the way they played and because of all the guys who weren't on the field. Uh, we talked about the, you know, the Oberg over Davis thing. Uh, th- there's a whole lot of little things like that. Ryan McMahon's a different ball player than he was. Garrett Hampson's a different ball player than he was. Sam Hilliard is emerged. Diaz and Estevez in the bullpen. There's been a lot of that that's going to be good for them moving forward. But the core is like, like how do you win championships in any sports? You've got to have a couple of all-time greats. And the Rockies got some all-time greats. And they're not going to blink from that because they had a bad year. You build around people like Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and Nolan Arenado because all of those guys are legitimately some of the best players in baseball. But you have to pitch. So to the end of the Jeff Breidich conversation, I think it is strange that he admitted it. And if it's true, I think it's strange that he went out of his way to advocate for it. But I also think people got to pump their brakes a bit and recognize that there is a plus side to not paying a 34-year-old $35 million. If he decides to leave, the Rockies will be able to figure out another way to get good position players. They've always done it. They'll be able to use that money in other places. And presumably, if he's leaving, they're in need of a rebuild at that time anyway. And that's what that's going to be, used for the the rockies have done the big guaranteed contracts to guys because we love them and we never want to see troy Tulowitzki go away Mm -hmm. and we never want to see carlos gonzalez go away and they signed pitchers to big contracts in the mid 2000s because mike hampton and denny nagel they're the answers to all of these issues it's never worked so i get why people don't like to hear about the internal improvement but 95 2007 2009 2017 2018 all of those years were about their own guys coming up through their systems and taking them on a run into the postseason. It's the only thing that's worked, and it's worked every time.
0: Well, speaking of a possible rebuild, let's transition.
1: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: on to the Broncos. 0-4, breaking news yesterday. Bradley Chubb teared uh, part of his ACL. Tore. 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 Oh, okay. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> um. What is the environment like at Dove Valley, Ryan?
2: It's bad. Um, <laughs> it's very bad. Uh, this honestly is in a weird way. Um, sim- not It's not symbolic in a weird way, but it's almost like what they needed to just pass. Just pass on the season. Just figure it out and take this as a season for development. Uh, you know, Take it to find out if Drew Locke is the guy. Take it to experiment with things with Vic Fangio. Like I, I know Harrison would love this to see if he was here. But like, put him in the freaking box. Oh, What's the worst thing that can happen? You lose and you go to zero and five. Like. The, your winning percentage cannot get worse from where it is now, no matter what you do or try. Uh, so for me, this is this whole season now is about development in every aspect. See if you can develop Malik Reed into a player. He already, you know, has his first sack. He's tied with Bradley Chubb in sacks this season. Um, see if, you know, uh, you have some guys <laughs> in. in
1: it's technically true. <laughs> is he, it is.
2: See if you have you know, a young guy on the offensive line that can come in for Ron Leary because you know that you can't count on him. So maybe you try out an Austin Schlottman in that area. Mm. There's so many things now that I just feel like now that you can punt on this season, and you're probably going to punt a lot of times during this <laughs> season, um, you can at least be at peace with the fact that there, this isn't going anywhere. One team in history, one team has made the playoffs after starting 0-4. You're not you're not gonna do that. So the biggest thing is Drew Locke and unfortunately we are counting down the days and and it's gonna be a few weeks, but we're calling this Locktober. Because oh. he so can you see him coming ball. back oh, how in dare October.
1: You. <laughs> first of all, <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I you know, mean, there's no Rocktober, so at least we can have Locktober. You
1: know what? You're right.
2: <laughs> and the sad thing about Locktober is Drew can't even play in October. He can just practice. Oh. Oh, okay.
0: So when do you think he'll be back? Can you give an estimate? Week what?
2: Well, yeah, week nine is the first week that he can play. Right. Uh,
5: Lock-vember. Lock
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Locking we're going to we're gonna have to wor- uh, <laughs> yeah, well, workshop
2: that that's one. That's right. That's right. Apologies. But, uh, we've done Locksgiving. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, oh. Yeah. We've already done all of them. <laughs> um, Into December, of
4: course. Like, what about, like, New- November Drew? Uh, yes. Yeah, mm. I, not... well, I think mine's the best. I don't really care.
2: <laughs> so here's what, what, what I would like to see happen is Drew Lock starts in week nine. Week 10 is their bye week. And a lot of people would say, oh, we'll just start Flacco week nine, let Drew take the reins in the bye week, and then roll him out there in week 10. For me, I think, of it, I think that's a terrible idea. Play him in week nine, and then you have a whole week to evaluate, hey, here's where you went wrong, here's where you need to improve, and, and kind of soak it in. And then you get a full evaluation of this kid. That's the only way this season can be not a failure, is if you get a full evaluation of Drew Locke. And you know what? No matter what the evaluation is, it's a good thing for you. If the evaluation is Drew Locke's the guy, and he starts putting up 30 points in games and making awesome throws and gives this fan base something to be excited about, cool. You're rolling in the future. You're probably still going to have a top 10 pick, if not a top 5 pick, and you can use that to build around Drew Locke. If you find out that Drew Locke isn't the guy, that's good in its own way too Mm -hmm. because he's not the guy, and now you probably have a top 3 pick. And you can use it on a quarterback.
4: What about Drew-Vember?
0: <laughs> He's still thinking about it.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> better. It's better than November Drew. <laughs>
0: well,
4: I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> AJ, we talked about this a little bit we yesterday. We call it
4: No-Joe November. <laughs> No-Joe-Vember.
0: When news broke about Bradley Chubb, what do you think of the Broncos right now?
1: Oh no! I oh no! <laughs> <Just> you don't <laughs> I throw him that alley oop like that. Oh. We haven't heard he much
0: is. of him. We no. were talking no. about it yesterday, so I wanna, I wanna hear what you he have to I mean,
3: a lot of what I would have had to say, uh, I think RK pretty much covered. Um, if you're gonna be a bottom five team, you have a quarterback that you think could be your QB of the future. You use the second half of the season to evaluate him and see what you have. Uh, if you have a player, then you have a, you probably are still gonna have a top seven pick. In which, you know, depending on how the quarterback market shakes out and what it looks like in this year's draft class, you know, if you end up with one of those high, high picks, you know, you might be in the catbird seat to trade down and pick up more picks and to build more for the future uh, because teams are going to be looking for that quarterback and you won't be in that market anymore. Um, if you're on the opposite side of that, then you're talking about trying to get involved in Tua and, and Justin Herber. And. Whatever quarterback comes out of nowhere because it happens every year. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, right. I mean, what's happening? Don't. It's happening live. Don't, don't give me this Jalen Hurts stuff, man.
2: <laughs> hey, if you're gonna spread it out, go for I it. I
3: mean, well,
4: so Ryan, like, what do you? What is your sense? Do you think that Drew Lock can be the guy? Yes, hundred um, percent.
2: I <laughs> really yeah. liked what I saw from Drew Lock at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's not going to be a finished, he's not just going to walk in in week nine and be a finished product yeah but he has the the qualities that this team not just the broncos at the quarterback position this team has been missing for years now and it's a fire it's a leadership it's a swagger mm-hmm. all of these things that, i mean go down the list trevor Simeon, paxton lynch brock osweiler fire, fire. case keenum I joe mean, flacco not <laughs> Jay, one Jay of these cutler r- well yeah right but i'm way in, back. in these in these last few years, none of these guys have fire none and this team has not had fire as a result and and to me one of the biggest problems right now and one of the biggest reasons that they're zero and four is that they they're all nonchalant it's joe flacco's nonchalant which, uh, you know, um, Vic Fangio is nonchalant. Even Von Miller in his own cool way is nonchalant. There's no one out there that they're empowering, at least. Philip Lindsay, Dalton Reisner, they have a couple of these guys, but they haven't empowered those guys. There's no one that is just bringing that juice to this team. And, and that's my favorite thing about Drew Locke is he has that in spades. He's a competitor. He's a trash talker. <laughs> he just has a, an aura about him that makes guys want to get behind him. As a player – Got a, he's got a great arm. He's, he can move around a little bit. He certainly has to work on you know, getting his feet in the right place before he throws and not just counting on his arm 100% of the time. But can he be the guy? 100%. Will he be the guy? That's what we have to find out this year. One
5: positive about Drew Locke. You just went through a list of quarterbacks, a sad list. <laughs> Another, a funner list would be Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, uh baker mayfield i'm forgetting some but what do all those guys have in common mason Rudolph, Mustaches. with drew lock is that <laughs> we saw them from the sideline with our own eyes at the senior bowl and drew lock looked as good if not better than all those guys he most certainly looked better than daniel jones we, uh, we by hammered, a mile we, we yes. hammered that and he definitely
2: looked <sighs> better than than minshu even though Minshew was one of the guys that we kind of liked out there um she was he, consistent. The only one that he honestly didn't look better than, uh, just off the top of my head, is Baker, mm-hmm. and Josh Allen. I, I I'd had have probably to, like, more high end yeah, flashes, yeah. but yeah. wasn't as consistent. I'd have as to Locke. put them next to each other but, yeah. since we didn't see them next to each other on the field.
4: But so Ryan, so if <laughs> Drew Locke is indeed the guy, and we have an answer at quarterback, then and we have a high pick, what like where do you attack first? Trying to fix, is it linebacker, Left
0: tackle?
2: Yeah. You set it out. It's <laughs> it's, it's left tackle. Um, this is a good tackle. You got your guy. You have your guy back there. Protect him. I mean, look at what's happening with the Browns right now. Now they are gonna figure it out um, because they have so much talent. But you saw those first couple games where they were where they looked terrible. It's because they put this their guy back there and they and they brought in all these receivers and did all this stuff and they had no one to protect him and you have this guy running around. So while Bowles now two straight weeks without a sack or a holding uh, or. Actually, he gave up a sack the week before. <laughs> two straight weeks without a, a penalty. He gave up one straight week so without steps. a sack. Um, while it, he's trending in the right direction, it looks like finally in these last couple of games, unless he t- truly you know, just locks it down towards the end of this season, you're going to have to probably replace that position.
3: I think what makes the lock evaluation so difficult is that he probably isn't going to come up and come in and light it up. You're going to have to find the positives. You're going to have to find the reasons to believe, and you're going to have to take that leap of faith based on what you see. Because I think it is going to be a really mixed bag when it inevitably happens this year. Uh, you're going to have to try and figure out. You're going to you're going to parse the mistakes right, and try and find okay what's repeatable, what's an avenue for success for him. And what, is it, what does it look like when he's all grown up, you know, a fully formed prospect into this is his final form as an as a, as a player in the NFL? That's And I think that's where it's really going to come down to. That's going to be the biggest test of this front office and of this coaching staff's evaluation skills um, and their belief in their, their ability to develop, which is what they've really, really struggled with in the last few years because they – they ha- are not going to, he's he's probably not going to make it easy on them. He's not I mean if he comes in and they start putting up 30 points and you know he's going 250 plus every week and he's got 65% accuracy and he's got a 3 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio then you're like okay, well that's our guy and you're done, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. it's it's easy. But if he goes in there, you know, and he's, you know, he has a nine touchdowns and nine interceptions and he's got a 57% accuracy, you know, that's you know, and you're trying to figure that out. Okay, is this good or is this bad? And you're in a top three draft pick spot. I think that's that's really going to be mm-hmm. the true test mm-hmm. of everybody involved in this process. Is w- what's the best route? Because you're you're swimming through very very muddied waters at that point, and you're playing with fire, kind of like Cleveland did, where they they traded out of multiple. Mm-hmm. Opportunities to draft quarterbacks high, and they built around it. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but that might be kind of what you look to as your inspiration to say, do maybe we, this isn't us. Maybe maybe we move down. Do, you know, do we maybe factor we, in that
4: they're not that good? The Browns still. I
3: mean, <laughs> so they're going to end up winning that division. Probably. Well, and like, and you're still building. Yeah, you know, and you're you're you, you so have no. your QB of the future. Right. And that's the point is that they sure. got that guy. And it took them a couple of a couple of tries at it because they weren't comfortable with the Carson Wentz. You know, they weren't comfortable getting involved in some of the sweepstakes that their draft pick put them in. So they moved back and they kept building around and building around. And and I think that that's where that that might be what Denver has to look at. If if drew Lock if they do want to stick with it. And they do want to take that leap of faith, and if and if they don't, and you know, then they kind of look at Arizona last year, where they say, "Hey, we took Josh Rosen tenth, but we really think this is going to be our guy and Kyler." And you know, it's it sucks. The, the The value of it is going to be bad, and the optics of it are bad. But if we get this position right, there's no position more important in all of sports to a team success. It, it, there's just not. And, there, and to be honest with you, there isn't one that comes even particularly close it's n- not even goal goalies are too volatile these days 20 years ago 100 percent you needed patrick wall you needed martin broder and dominic koshik you don't need that anymore you know jordan bennington just came out of nowhere and won a stanley cup as a as the, he was fourth on the st louis depth chart going into last well, i season. mean gardner
4: Minshew just came out of absolutely nowhere and ru- right and but ruined my sunday and, and <laughs> like he ruined your sunday how many
3: sundays that guy gonna ruin in his career and maybe my it's a sunday? lot Maybe, you know, maybe it's a lot, maybe it's not very many, and this is just one of those things where we, we look back on Tim Tebow and we're like, well, that was a lot of fun. You know, maybe Minshew Mania has the same feel to it. We don't know that. But with with the lock conundrum that they're facing, it's, it's not going to – if he makes it easy for him, great. But I don't think any of us believe that that's going to happen. He's too flawed of a guy at this point. He's too raw.
2: It's, it's going to come down to your their eyes. You're not just going to be able to look down on a stat sheet and say he, he's the guy. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes started one game before he became a starter. It was against the Denver Broncos. Do you know how many touchdowns he threw? Zero. But you saw it.
3: How many games did he win? One.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but you saw it. You saw with yeah. your eyes, okay, those are what we need to see from a quarterback of the future. Drew – it's it, there's no, I mean, it's it would be unlikely for it to just be beautiful across, like you said. Yeah, but you should be able to trust your eyes, and, and even y- the people sitting at this table should be able to trust their eyes and say, Yeah, that guy's got it.
1: Yeah, how many of his high school teammates went to his birthday party, though? That's, what, that's <laughs> oh. what I mean. probably all <laughs> of them.
2: He's that
4: kind of guy, he yeah. seems fun.
0: All right. Well, we are going to talk about the Avs and the nuggets in our next segment. But before that, we've got to talk about Total Bev's incredible 30% off deal that they're giving specifically to the DNVR family. 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the promo code DNVR 2019 online or on their Total Beverage app. They've got everything you're looking for, including CBD products. And if you get overwhelmed with the hundreds of options they have, don't worry. They're incredible staff members will help you find exactly what you want. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR2019 for that 30% off. All right. Let's talk about the abs. Okay. Yay. Go abs. (laughs) They uh, have their home opener on Thursday and Miko Rantanen is back in the building practicing with the abs. (laughs) Big moose. AJ, how are you? How excited are you for the start of the season?
3: How um, excited am I to watch a Stanley Cup run? Uh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting pretty amped up for it. You know, the, the, the beginning of their season is going to be a little weird because they play two games in three days and then they take four days off where I have to just try and find something to do. And then it's, you know, it's time. Then it's it's go time for them. And the this is the most intense preseason and in camp that I think I've covered. Uh, they are as deep and as skilled and as fast and as motivated as they've ever been. Uh, this is my fifth year covering them, and none of these teams, none of the past teams, um, even come close to what this group is uh, at all the positions. Um, goaltender is still a prove-it position, but it's a prove-it position every single day, so that's not saying much. Um, but the rest of this team, they finalized their roster in the Halfway through that first segment, which mm-hmm. is why people were texting me and being like, oh, I just watched you send that tweet because they finalized their <laughs> roster. Uh, Connor Timmons did make it. Yeah. Hey. And yeah. We, uh, had an, an,
0: we had an interview with him on live and on the DMVR Avalanche podcast. Friend of the program.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the pod. Uh, he did make it. Uh, I fully expect he'll be in the lineup on uh, opening night, probably next to Ryan Graves as that third pairing uh this is the most talented abs, uh forward core, d core that they have had uh their defensive group right now outside of the 2001 cup run when they had two hall of famers and adam foot this is probably the most talented avs defense that they've ever had uh just top to bottom and in terms of like even their replacement level players are above that level um <laughs> i'm i'm excited they're the, the the top line is elite their second line with cadry looks really 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 good uh tyson jose looks like he's primed for a breakout burkowski could be a 20 goal guy for them their bottom six is going to be among the best in the nhl they're going to be absolutely obnoxious to play against they have so much speed up and down their lineup every line has legitimately one guy that can absolutely fly minimum one guy, some of them have two. and the defense is it's it's so skilled that and it's not like the big lumbering shot blocking defense of fifteen years ago where you know you just you wanted the big guys to to be physical. all of them can skate. Uh, all of them have some level of puck moving ability. Uh, there's offensive upside in all of them on some to some level the intelligence the the experience it's the the high end ability it's <laughs> It's extremely hard for me to stay measured when I watch this team every day because it's by far the most talented all around team that they've had in a very, very long time.
0: Well, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, incredible. I, I mean, I'm I can't wait to get in Pepsi Center on Thursday. That crowd is going to be buzzing. Calgary is going to come in thinking it wants a little bit of revenge, and it's going to yeah. be adorable.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, they,
3: uh, adorable. They, uh, yeah, you know, like you pinch the little cheekies, like yeah. the grandma, like, oh, that's so cute. cute. Yeah. Look at you getting up <laughs> 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 and and like, I you know, win or lose, I don't, um, I'm not worried about Calgary. Um, the Avs the abs last year showed what they could do to those guys And they only got a lot better um, I, I The Central is the only reason that I've kind of tempered Some of my expectations and such Is because the Central Division It's so deep and it's so talented uh, But Colorado's can hang with any of them Honestly, and night in and night out uh, I think Nathan McKinnon Is going to push for the heart this year that dude is on a totally different level right now mentally. Mm. You know, I, I talked to him the other day, and he basically said, The next seven years of my life are the best I'll ever be at, at this game, and I have to make that count. If we don't win something meaningful, then it was all for nothing. And that's, Ooh. you've got you've <laughs> to have.
4: It's a little existential. Like yeah. that's, well, and I
3: think that's what the Broncos are missing. They're missing that, that soul. And, you know that that fire, that that absolute like, I have to do this. Like I absolutely have to do this. I have been given these gifts. I have worked my ass off to make this uh, to, to maximize every inch of of my ability. If we do not win anything, then it was it, then it was meaningless. All I did was make money. And that's the attitude that he's coming in with. And when your best player who is a top three player in the NHL, has that attitude and works the way that he does every single day in practice, there's no excuse for anybody on that roster to come in and loaf, loaf around and to not take it seriously and, and to, to, to mail in any kind of effort on any given day because the top of that roster damn sure isn't doing it. And if they don't make any kind of a serious run this year, I'll be really, really surprised.
2: All of this sounds amazing. Here's my question. My one question.
3: Can they stop pucks?
2: No, <laughs> um, a, that is a good question. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my concern. Yeah. Um, the Rockies have me freaked out um, because I did the
1: same thing as he was running down, and when he said, this "Is the most talented team I've ever covered," I thought, "Oh man, just I said <laughs> no,
0: deja vu." Here, I please. said that coming into
1: the year, but yeah.
2: And here's here's what I know: baseball is very unpredictable. Right. Pitchers have Kyle Freeland seasons where just it was there and now it's gone and now you got to go find it with the Nuggets I I feel I just know Jokic is still a top five player he doesn't just all of a sudden stop being amazing right where does hockey fall on this scale in terms of can it go away a little bit
3: yeah, you can get complacent. Uh, I was really an, hoping he was going to say no. No, but I mean, just I mean, like, in
2: terms everyday, of like a player-to-player uh, player basis. Yeah,
3: it's an everyday grind, man, and you've got to be committed to it. Every single day, you have to be committed to being the absolute best version of yourself. The, the league is too good. It's too skilled. The coaches are too smart. They know how to stop you, and that's why the Avs went out and they got deeper. They didn't necessarily say, hey, we need to improve all of our top-end guys here. It's that they went out and they said, all right, well, our second line last year was a problem. We got to our we're, – we're running down our lineup, and we're saying, all right, what are we comfortable with? Oh, we love our first line. Our second line, yeesh. And then you keep going down that list, and you, you get to a black hole of a fourth line that gave you nothing last season. And this year, they're going to have one of the top fourth lines in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I've said it all summer. Huge. I firmly, firmly believe that the depth that they added means that they will have a, a, a fourth line that – at times we'll probably get overplayed to people's annoyance, but we'll be super reliable and really good two way. And they're gonna be able to chip in offensively and do some work. And what does you know, what's the variance on that? If McKinnon drives the bus the way that I think he's going to this year and put up hundred and ten ish points, mm. I don't know that it's gonna matter a whole lot, man. Just like it's they have to as long as Miko and Mac are who they are they'll be fine even with landy even if landy regresses a little
4: there's something though those two sports that you mentioned are the physics of those sports are different from basketball certainly where the shape of the puck is so strange. Like you, right. n- you never possess the puck. You're only ever pushing it forward. Like baseball, there's just so many weird physic- physical things that happen. Like bad, bad bounces in basketball. You, the, the best team always wins a series. Yeah. Like they always win a series because they are holding the ball they are dictating what happens where it goes in hockey it's like bad bounces happen like yeah. there's no bad bounce where like it yeah. goes into your basket the the <laughs> other team's <laughs> basket or something random
3: like. variance is obviously a huge part yeah. of and it's one reason why the Stanley Cup is probably the hardest trophy to win for sure because you have to you have to find your way through four of those things absolutely four best of 7 in which you are subjected to random variance and the highest talent level possible in the world yeah. and then the 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 difference in the postseason where you can hone in on a team's weakness, and you can just, you know, like sure. a like a bird against a window, you can just keep tapping on it until the other team can't take it anymore. Right. And eventually that glass breaks and it's over. And you know that it's just totally and it's kind of like the NBA in that way where the best teams they they can take away, they figure out ways. To take away certain aspects of games in the postseason, right. in the NHL, and it's just—it's a brutal grind. They call it the second season for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's—it's it's a three-month grind every single day. I remember. I literally felt it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, my own yeah absolutely. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't well, pay we my taxes doing, because that happened. Last watch watch was, full, it was wild. because <laughs> yeah. we were. It was it was you know and the uh, nuggets and abs e- alternating days. Yeah. And then it was, there was incredible,
0: like, but also took years off my life.
3: Well, and then there was like the one you know where we're in uh, at a watch party for game two, and like the Nuggets series oh had just God. started, and we're watching we're watching both at the same time. Oh, yeah. And like they and, like, both like, went down to the wire. Right. And, and, and it was so an stressful. And it was just like right, and you know Murray misses that elbow jumper, and yep. you're just Ugh. like. Oh,
2: and then I call, of course, that like McKinnon's going top shelf for the winner, and then he does. Uh. <laughs> oh, got to throw that one in <laughs> and there. It and was,
3: it was just a different – That I think their success, getting back just to the abs, though, that I think their success uh, only drives them because they saw last year, they okay, we won a series. We got to game seven against San Jose, who everybody loved, and then San Jose lost a whole lot over the summer, including Don Scoy to, to Colorado. And now Colorado's feeling themselves a little bit, you know, they're and not and not in a way where they're like Oh, we're super good. Hockey. Everybody's yeah. gonna lose to us. Like they're like, We got this. Like <laughs> like they're gonna walk into every single game knowing there's no talent disparity anymore. Yeah. Every level of that team can match up with the opposing team every single night. And not only that, but I mean So many young guys, they're going to get better as the year goes on. You know, Kale McCarr game one is not going to be Kale McCarr come playoff time again. He's going to be, you know, the Super Saiyan version of Kale McCarr. It's gonna be mm. next level.
4: Although Kale McCarr scored a goal in Game One of his NHL career, so right? <laughs>
3: but that's in—I mean, oh,
2: God, I'll never forget just the buzz in no, that, that stadium that, every time the puck was on his stick. That was building so awesome. will
3: never be recreated. That—that oh, that feeling that was incredible. It was—it was a unique experience because of all the factors, right? Yeah. And I think Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon are going to bring a nerfed version of that every night this year
0: well they've also been here already they two years ago they made it to the first round Mm -hmm. then they felt it they felt that loss now last year they made it to the second round and they they were just happy to be there year
3: one let me let me tell you those dudes were like what happens happens they were (laughs) very content to have just made it their playoffs was game 82. Yep. And then when they when they dug into that series and they were two two, you know, and they're and and or they were uh, they were three two coming back home, right? They were just spent. Like they yeah. they had just between game eighty two and between the all of that they were they were just they had run out of that emotional energy, yeah. and all of that built towards their success last year, where they understood okay, make the small plays, do the little things here and there blow out the flames because they're not actually that good (laughs) shut down johnny gaudreau because he shook and you know all of that built towards we can take on san jose yeah and they came that close they did and And i feel like
0: that just adds to this year they they were they tasted it now it's like let's go get it
3: now they're now they're really really good Mm -hmm. they're really really mad and they also believe in themselves in a way that they just haven't in the past.
2: And it fits perfectly with Malone yesterday saying he's telling the team, this is not an 82-game season. This is a 110-game season. You can't say that when you haven't been deep because those guys probably felt how their bodies felt at the end of that thing. And that's a totally different thing. So Bednar should be saying the same thing. You guys should be praying for 110 hockey games this season. And, And when they made the playoffs that first time, that's why they were spent, because they had never been there. They didn't know what it's like. Now they've not only been there twice in a row, they've been deeper. They realize, okay, this is a totally different ball game. And yeah. like you said, the second season.
3: Yeah, and they if they leave it to the last season, last week of the season to clinch a playoff spot, oh. they're going to be really disappointed in themselves, because their goal, they're not messing around, man. They want home ice. They want they want Game One of their first round playoff series to be in Pepsi Center, I'm and they they want to the whenever future. whenever whatever poor poor opponent gets matched up against them. You know whatever whatever eighth seed rolls in in into Denver that Ooh. night. You know after they've won the Central, that poor team is going to get waffle stomped. Like because this <laughs> waffle is waffle stomped. This, wow. this is this is a team that's not messing around. I can't emphasize that enough. Like. I've been cool about this all preseason <laughs> and been like, oh, well, there's lots of things that can go wrong because that's my job. But just from my my personal opinion here, they're not kidding. And they're, they're putting it together where they're going to put... I think v- Colorado and Nashville are going to have a really, really, really fun race for the Central Division. And Nashville better enjoy raising that banner because it may be a while before they do it again. Ooh.
2: I... Love this. I love everything you're saying so much. And I love that it's on this podcast because there are a lot of people out there who uh, are DNVR subscribers because of Drew and I, and they're just searching for something right now. And I think the AVs. For real. And, <laughs> and Nuggets. Those poor That's it. Have a massive, right. massive, massive opportunity in front of them to take the city and say, hey, 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 we know. We know those guys are great. The Broncos, you love them, and the Rockies too. Come over here. (laughs) Come have a hug. (laughs) We'll bring you in, and let's go have a really, really fun sports season together. And I truly believe that this is like a quintessential moment in both of those franchises to capture Denver and run with it. Absolutely.
3: This is is where, honestly – this is where that they prove that there's an off season.
0: Yeah.
2: And 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 this doesn't have to mean waning support for the Broncos. It's not as if
3: there's only so right. much support it's the not, city it's has not to give. E- it doesn't have to be either or. They play Sundays. Right. So There's a whole lot of other games. The Avs don't even play a Sunday game until, like, March.
2: Like, I don't have kids, but people always say when you have another kid, you you don't love them any less. La- like, right, you just exactly. find more love. Denver has more love to give, and, and the Avs and Nuggets – can totally take that and run with this season.
0: Well, with that, the Nuggets had media day yesterday. They are around 25 days until the regular season starts for them. Uh, Our Nuggets representative today is (laughs) Eric.
4: (laughs) Not expert, representative.
0: (laughs) Representative. Yes. Because our DNVR Nuggets guys are in Colorado Springs at training camp at the moment. Uh, How dare they?
3: I know. How how dare they do their job? (laughs) Terrible. (laughs)
0: Yesterday, from everything we heard from Media Day, it seems like the Nuggets have that same type of mentality. You were talking about, AJ, with the Abs. I mean, there's this relaxed confidence, quiet confidence. Quiet it's confidence. Not, yeah. It's not cockiness, but they they know who they are, and they know what they're capable of, and they're not letting it slip away from them this year. At least that's what was portrayed by a lot of media members yesterday at Media Day.
4: Yeah, across the board. I mean, I <coughs> I was following closely. As a correspondent, or as a, <laughs> as a, as a well, see, I, my place on this board—I I am the everyman yes. here. So I, I have the the uninformed everyman's uh, view of the Nuggets, who I love, and I am a season ticket holder, and uh, I go all the time. I watch all the games. I get—I've re- gotten really engrossed in the culture, um, and <clears throat> but I don't, you know, like I watch it as a fan, like a pure fan, and so watching yesterday all of the things that were coming out of Media Day, I mean. Everybody sort of said that it was kind of uh, it was low key. And Mm -hmm. and like you said, there was a a real quiet confidence, which is just not a phrase that you hear bandied about when you're talking about the Nuggets. It's sort of like, you know, like, are we did we finally figure it out? Like, who are these guys? Is the core real? Are they legit? Like, are they actually going to come into their own? Um, Is it going to be just another, you know carrot dangled in front of us where we start to see promise and then some and then nug life strikes and some like (laughs) terrible thing happens like you know like we can't watch them on tv or something (laughs) and (laughs) right but and
3: i wasn't gonna bring any of that up (laughs) yeah
4: (laughs) right but so the nuggets are going into this year where there's actual hope and there's actual real expectation for performance because you know what we saw last year it was not a fluke i mean it was You know, ever since the Malone era began, we've been on this path and it sort of represents like what you want to be actually true when you're talking about building a team where you start to, you bring in a rebuild and then every year you improve and you get better and you get better and you get better. And, you you know, now we're to the point where we can start to have real expectations of this team. Um, Not only that, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, the NBA was insane this offseason with yeah. the, the shakeups. Like I, I literally I have no idea who plays for who anymore. <laughs> like I was I gonna see, say I,
1: I'm, I'm gonna have to <laughs> get like a primer. I know. Like I see
4: I see photos coming out from other teams media days and I'm like, oh right, what? Like <laughs> is this like an all-star oh no, 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 they're on the same team now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have no idea what the chemistry is gonna look like. I mean, every team looks scary in that they have like two dominant players put together. Um you know, there's Kawhi and Paul George in in Clipperland, and then Anthony Davis, yeah. and LeBron James. I mean, it's it's Harden the, and Westbrook. Harden yeah. and Bre- I mean, it, well, we're we're truly in the so NBA Jam era of the in, of of the NBA, where you just have two dominant guys, and so. You know, you got to think that th- at this it's point, like NBA
1: Jam, remember? Yeah, that? in the nineties, literally it, you,
3: what he just said. Just <laughs> <know>. <laughs> got, uh, no,
1: I, yeah, but, the, but they got to bring back the goggles, man. I'll uh, bring they, it back. Are, are absolutely, like they got to bring back. <laughs> all of the, that's say, gonna, the gonna, Horace that, Grant goggles. are going to make it work. The
3: greatest <laughs> accessory in sports <laughs> history. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's so true.
2: You imagine Jokic in a pair of those? Oh yes,
3: my God, <laughs> no. wow. we've got to do this I have several <laughs> times. Let's
4: do this,
0: Eric. We're going to need your Photoshopping skills after the podcast. I'm
4: happy to donate them. This is something I feel good about. It. Jokic and glasses. But, uh, you no, know, they're goggles. Uh, whatever. I, I'm the,
3: he could, who's photoshopping? Scuba again? diving in those things. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it's like, it's amazing because the Nuggets have like true continuity in a way that other teams don't have. And so it's been talked about. And I'm, I'm a believer in the fact that a lot of these teams are going to be trying to figure out what their identity is with all of these new alpha dogs sort of vying for that spot. And it's going to take time. Um, and the Nuggets don't really have that. They added Jeremy Grant in the off season, who um, looks to come off the bench. Um, the only real question is at the three. We don't really know who's going to mm-hmm. be starting there. Uh, it sounds like probably Will Barton. Um, Interesting quotes
5: about that yesterday. Yeah, right? it open like competition. An open competition. Yeah, absolutely. But which means
0: Michael Porter Jr. isn't out of the question.
5: He's one of the four in the mix yeah. with yes. world champion Juancho Hernangomez <laughs> uh, and Torrey Craig. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But. Oh and Barton who you mentioned already. I tell you if
3: if Tory Craig has a significant role again. Uh, he's I mean he's like Remember the game that he saved
4: them though? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the game. Craig though is yes, the kind the of guy Craig who game.
5: against a team like the Clips, you kind of need a guy like Craig. Yeah, you need a lockdown guy. You need guy. a guy like Grant, right. you know, like
4: You need a lockdown guy that can make sure that CJ McCollum doesn't go off in game 7 and uh, <laughs> break your hearts and your dreams. Uh, Dude, but too soon. well, listen, you have no idea. I mean, that's the funny thing is, like I'm so deeply nuggets focused, and I like haven't quite turned the page because it was so intense at the yeah. end of last season. like I was emotionally uh, destroyed. Like I, I like I didn't I didn't really know who I was. I was looking deep in the mirror. <laughs> and like, I don't know I'm not really ready to return to that. <laughs> but at the same point in time, like I'm just so excited to see what Michael Porter, Jr. is. He's just this, like, phantom like this promise of like what could be this otherworldly talent that we got so late in the draft and we're gifted um I don't know I mean it's just like it's if you are into the nuggets um it's a very exciting time and like Ryan mentioned if you're new to the city and you don't have like all of these old uh, hang-ups with the idea of the nuggets uh the nuggets have a major opportunity to seize a huge fan base and all of these people that are coming to Denver, it, it all ties in with the rebrand. Uh, the uniforms are cool; you want to rock them. They have a uniform that says Mile High City, which they never had before, which was insane that they didn't have that before. And it, there's just something about like owning the idea of Denver and emblazoning it on your chest, and like people wanting to stand you and and you know like come to these games, and it's just like right there for them, and they just need to, to seize it.
2: I love hockey and I love the Avs and, and I, I I'm huge into it, but it has um, kind of an exclusive fan base is is that how you would call yeah. it? The Nuggets I feel like are the perfect can be the perfect team for like the new Denver. Absolutely. You know, because Denver, yeah, whether people like it or not, is really, really changing. It is. And there's a ton of new people and the NBA at the exact same time is totally capturing young people and yes. there's so many young people around the city right now. I truly think that that the Nuggets while the Broncos will always be Denver's team, the Nuggets can be the new the the, the, the team of new Denver and kind of, you know, and and really grow with the city at the same time, and the abs will, are always going to pick off people as they go. Yeah. But this, it, it's the mix of the NBA, which is totally blowing up in, in younger demographics, and all these young people coming to Denver at the same time. When I think
3: Jokic is the perfect superstar for Denver, <laughs> like the, without question. You know, kind of like, kind of like this, like goofy, like weirdo, like like where did you come from, like <laughs> you know, because Denver's kind of out here in the Rocky Mountain region on its own. G- like, as, as kind of and I'm sorry SLC people who may listen to this I'm not sorry get, ups- <laughs> yeah. get upset about this <laughs> but uh, retract but that apology like <laughs> right there you go. Yeah, I'm really not that sorry I guess <laughs> <laughs> but like they are you know Denver's kind of like the unofficial capital of this whole region definitely yep. and you know it's kind of a it's kind of a weird you know group of a lot of different people and Jokic is kind of like a goofy face of, oh. of a franchise in the NBA where you have like some of these coolest guys are, dudes. Right. Like these dudes. Are, the swagger is right, so important. And, and like this dude's like like riding horses and like you know, he's got Dancing like,
2: with his shirt off, <laughs> hanging from
3: a tree. <laughs> right, Which he like, said
0: was his mic drop moment.
3: Like, <laughs> like like we're joking about this dude wearing goggles because it's like ah, we, we can he's, see he's it. weird enough, like, it could happen. And, and that's you know? and that's
4: the genius of the way that this team has been constructed in that Tim Conley and it's been stated as such, like he recognizes that there are certain personality types that don't Want to play in Denver. They just don't want, they want that spotlight. Right. They And and
3: you, they want that you, star feel. You,
4: yeah. And you have all of these Euros that, like, you look at Denver and it's like not that dissimilar from where they're from. Right. So this dude like, comes
3: over from Serbia and he's like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, this <laughs> is awesome. Jamal Murray's from Kitchener and he's right. like, oh, this kind of reminds me of home. Yeah. A like then. And they see what okay. we see it's true, in Denver. It's
4: true. They don't just see it as, uh, you know, like a place to build their brand. Where there aren't, like,
2: Dope clubs with <laughs> yeah. like right. valet parking.
4: Right. Yeah.
5: So it, we do have I dope clubs at valet parking. Really? So people know. There are really? some. Of I them. Thought, oh. I, tell us more, I thought Ryan. you were the
0: dad now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know that he that is says an as option the kids if you do say want no.
2: it. I've yet to find it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, hope I think All they have valet true, parking at Shotguns way, <laughs> because
1: I do am a long suffering Nuggets fan. as a Colorado native. Who grew up here and has seen this movie play out a couple of times before? You talked about people from out of town who might be hung up on the Nuggets past. Well, I'm a little hung up on the Nuggets past here, buddy. I, well, th- I'm saying when I n- was a kid, Nick Van Exel was their best player. You would come to have a Nick
2: Van Exel jersey. Uh, yeah.
1: You, you come to see the Nuggets based on who it's they the were player. playing. Not, that's a, you know. Well, that's but what I mean. Then I dove in so hard in the Carmelo years, and I think that's why I'm hoping what you guys are saying here about Jokic. Is true because Carmelo had the talent, and I honestly still believe that team could have and probably should have won a championship. 100%. And I even think if he'd have stayed, they'd have won a championship. If you look at what they built around him, like just through the draft, like he never really an earnest opportunity to play with ty lawson and kenneth farid who were the exact kind of players that carmelo anthony always needed when he was here and guys who don't her- want the ball exactly <laughs> guys who want to do all the little things and let that dude shoot and as soon as carmelo left you, you, uh, there was this whole oh they're a better team now because they play this team basketball but there was also the obvious elephant in the room who wants to take the last shot? Yeah, there was no and elephant they, on the court. There yeah. wasn't that guy. So as much as some people were happy to see Carmelo go, and it crushed me, I'm not going to lie, um, it, it was—it created a whole other problem that people wanted to look past, and they didn't get it solved until they got Jokic. And now I'm like, don't do this to me again, bro. True. Don't break my heart. Can True. I start going back to Pepsi Center True. this year? Because I haven't for a couple look of years. Look deep into
4: my eyes right now. it's <laughs> <laughs> to get weird. True? I, yeah. Eric? Um, do you want to go on vacation together? <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, uh, 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 do you? Where you can you? trust in Jokic. Jokic is the most skilled player I can remember watching. He possesses absolutely zero athletic ability. <laughs> the, the the he's the least athletic player I've ever seen play in the NBA, oh. and he dominates because he has something you can't take away, which is I heard him interviewed and he said that wherever he wants the ball to go it just goes <laughs> mm. and so he's a wizard he's a wizard and he's yoda. A, he, and he's a, and he's a genius basketball yoda wizard. he's so a genius yoda. he is he is yoda he's much <laughs> taller than yoda Sure. <laughs> and Yoda, as we as we found out, very athletic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, that's the exactly report right there. But is that um, an episode two reference? But the, oh but the thing
4: is is that the, no the, the nuggets are for real and it's it's like we were saying, there's not the variance in this sport that there is right. in others where you're just hoping that things bounce your way. Like you just have guys that learn how to play together and they're getting better and better and I'm getting I'm getting played off. Is the he, music is played. Is he I'm done
2: is he hagrid?
4: Not um, athletic, <laughs> wizard. I need to see Hagrid uh, with the high pick and roll before. All right. There
0: it. we go. All right. Well. We obviously have huge smiles on our faces, and we're going to have that hopefully all throughout abs and nuggets season. And if you want to have a beautiful smile during that time, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group hey, are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. It's seriously the easiest way. You All you have to do is take care of your teeth. Check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment uh, Portman. Oh my God, I can't talk. Your appointment. And by the end of it, you can get a free a Sonicare toothbrush. All right, so we've already gone pretty long. So we're just going to go right into who won the week. And for our live viewers, I'm going to play the jingle on my computer.
3: Who did the most? And who-
0: Um, well, last week, Mel Tucker, this Let's man go. right here, Mel Tucker took the lead and he beat Juancho for winning a um, world championship for the second week in a row. Well, Miko <laughs> won first last week, then Mel Tucker won. Uh, so Juancho has yet to win the week.
2: And Adam blamed it all on Harrison. He did.
0: It's
3: funny, Miko won again this week. what. Listen. Hold on. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) $55 million. Good.
0: Okay. So, well, let me pull out my timer. I was going to say, so Mel Tucker won by 67% for leading the Buffs to a huge win in all caps. In, In shorts. shorts.
4: Well, he didn't win by 67%. He got 67%. Okay, he
0: got 67%. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Broncos, because they found an, an offensive identity, got 6%. That didn't last <laughs> for too long. And they also
2: did follow up that with a really solid offensive performance. Yeah. In fact, by yards per play, it was their best performance on offense since Peyton Manning left. So well. Brandon might have been on to something.
4: Well, it turns out their identity is a losing team that plays pretty good. Yeah,
2: it's a whack a mole <laughs> thing. Right, they whacked and then, one down and then they stopped stopping the run. And
0: then Juancho Hernan Gomez because he is still a world championship. Champion got twenty seven percent. Come on, so he
2: might be one and zero oh in world championships, Please. but he is zero oh and two in who won the week. <laughs>
5: also, <laughs> I wonder if he level. was at the last world championships if that stat is even correct. Ooh, true. Yeah, he might be one and one. So,
0: um, a lot of people wrote in a vote saying that DNVR won the week, which we appreciate you all for Aww. saying that. So sweet. That's,
4: by the way, that was my
3: argument.
0: Though. That was. It didn't even make the but poll. We, we've. I've. Yeah. Felt we weird. Like <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Being like, hey guys, we won the week vote for us it felt a little weird um,
3: I mean, well, in like reality we win every week so i guess it's because we get to do this well, see, we get to work worse. with each other that's Aww. right it's the friends we made along the way right yeah, there we go there we i thought go. it was because there's colorado core in the office
0: <laughs> that, that could be too okay
1: we're gonna see a lot of drew around here early <laughs> coming in for those audio stories <laughs> <laughs> Free beer.
0: um all right we're gonna go with drew you get to start why did the rockies win the week go
1: they won the week because their season mercifully came <laughs> to an end. It's over. They will not lose another baseball game for several months. <laughs> uh, and that's actually – it's it's a combination of things. They really did need this season to just come to an end, and and that's legitimate. But also, as I was talking about earlier, the way their season ended, they there were a handful of guys that could give them a, some hope moving into next season if they played well down the stretch, and every single one of them did. And they've got to feel good – about the young players like Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, I've named all the names before, but the, the Rockies <laughs> won the week because they messed up the Brewers' day like fantastically and in hilarious fashion. Yeah, but also seconds. because they finished their season out in as positive as a way as they possibly could, given everything that's happened this year.
0: All right. And he finished in 51 (laughs) seconds. Um, AJ.
1: I love how crestfallen you are. You you can't
3: buzz people. Do you see?
5: I I have it pulled
0: (laughs) up on my computer. I've got the sound ready. (laughs) AJ, why did the Avs win the week?
3: Uh, I think Miko and the Avs win the week just because Miko gets $55 million. The Avs get their star right winger for six more years. Uh, Their top line is going to be elite in the NHL. And getting them all put back together makes them whole again and if you saw uh any of the reactions at practice yesterday you'll know that everybody is very excited to have him back and he just makes them a much deeper team and they would not have been a stanley cup contender without him so uh miko re-signing is uh is it
0: all right time you finished with 48 <laughs> seconds Eric, please let me let me hit the buzzer. Why did the Nuggets win the week?
4: Go. Well, I'm gonna wait for ten or so seconds to start then. (laughs) you should have seriously just waited just been like, <laughs> the nuggets won the week because the, <laughs> the, the way that you're talking about the avalanche is entirely applicable to the nuggets as well like we have officially entered into a championship window we are about to see whether or not we got the greatest steal from a draft in a very long time somebody that was projected to potentially go number one we get at 14 uh we, he just has a red shirt season um and the reason that they win over the Avalanche is that their opening game is much further away, so there's much better chance you'll be able to actually watch it.
0: He went there. <laughs> oh he yeah. went there, and I he mean, finished uh, with 41 seconds.
3: I would say I would say that's that part of it is true. Yeah, that's <laughs> why they won the week. Well, and and you're in,
4: you're you're facing peril that has to uh, count against your. The Avs actually
3: play games though, and not play media games. You know, oh, we're really excited. You this know, is a the show for actually the, on the ice. This is
4: a show for the fans, AJ. <laughs> so,
0: okay, well, Ryan, let's. Are you are you gonna do the Broncos? Or are you gonna no? Okay, well.
4: conscientious objector.
2: Uh, I won the week because my Miko Rantanen jersey is good for six more years at least.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you want to give a serious one now? Um, that was a funny one. Now let's go. Me and
1: <laughs>
2: All right.
0: It affected your time. You have your 13 seconds. All right. Well, Mel Tucker won the week. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) God.
2: (laughs) Because there's this dope video that came out about him in which they went inside of his office and showed off his entire shoe collection. And he has an incredible shoe collection. And not only is it like the Jordans and the Nikes, but he's got like Prada shoes and like Tom Ford. And it was just the ultimate flex. And you just have to imagine that kids all over the country are watching this video that went semi-viral and saying, wow, I got to go play for that guy. So if you can win a bye week, Mel Tucker did it.
1: God damn it. Can I, can I just <laughs> finish with 52 say seconds? that?
5: I think it's so wrong that Drew's been forced... All summer, no to one make is an Argument Drew. for the Rockies winning the week. could have done the Grand Junction three weeks
1: what in. Ryan's
3: just I was off the just on the Broncos. <laughs> it's so Do you, you have a candidate? Also, so Cortland Sutton.
2: No
4: also, there's there's no child on earth oh, yeah. that's looking at uh, coach with Prada shoes and and planning his future around that.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, they they probably like the Jordans. Should have stopped little bit at the Jordans. The yeah, the yeah. a little better. But I don't know. I. By the way, no one is forcing Drew to pick anyone.
0: (laughs) 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 He could have chosen the Nuggets or the Avs.
1: I could have gone with Garrett Hampson again just to do it. I
2: thought you should have. We
1: could have
4: used you on our
1: side.
2: If I was going to go Broncos, I probably would have gone with Cortland Sutton because he's slowly but surely stacking performances on top of each other where it looks like, oh, okay, that guy can be a number one receiver. And for a team that is rebuilding, to know that you have that guy is, is huge. Honestly,
3: they kind of do win the week because this is a team that needs to rebuild. And in order to drill that home into their front office, they need to lose games. And they are this close to being two and two and thinking that they're super in it. And this, is my, this might be the best thing for them in the long run is that this sucks today but they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. So being two and two would have just driven them down a path where, you know, maybe the trade deadline rolls around and they're like, man, we're not going to do that because we're in it because we won those two games in the first well. four. weeks. you know, they lost those two games. Now they're oh and four. There's no there's no illusions in that locker room now.
5: OK,
2: let's go back in the podcast. And I'll just say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Mel Tucker's got nice shoes. I don't know why we're <laughs> still <laughs> talking. I, I,
0: I, I love you all Buffs fans. But if that wins <laughs> over Miko, over the Nuggets.
3: I mean, it's Miko and just like the general excitement Miko. around yeah. around the Avs. And like, there's there hasn't been this kind of like, people were excited last year. Oh, they made the playoffs and Nathan McKinnon broke out. And like, he almost won the heart. And it's going to be fun. This isn't like excitement. This is like, hey, we think you're going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Not like woohoo, let's go back to the playoffs and maybe something can happen. And you know, maybe you get a little frisky and you beat somebody. This is like we're going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Like this is like a championship thing. The same thing that's going on with the Nuggets, except that they're not playing real games yet.
2: Hopefully, someone picked up on this. But I won last week with Mel, F- Mel Tucker fashion. And I'm just trying to go back to what works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With that, Andre, do you have a who won the week selection? I
5: think what AJ said is great. about Because, you know, best predictions were like eight and eight. But now you can go all in. It's uh, Draymond and DeMarcus up front. Justin Simmons is in the middle of a great season. Joe, Joseph Jones. I always confuse Joe Jones. Joe Jones. He's Joe going to Joe be back. Short. I'm really high on Joe Jones.
3: You know, the offense starting to look to good. good. Yeah.
5: Reisner might be one of the best guards in all of football. He's already,
3: yeah, he's really, really good. So
5: uh, quietly, the the young core is blossoming. Well, it's, they it's should be five
3: hundred. And right, Lindsey and Freeman looks like a, a duo yeah. that you can build around for the next few years. They need to get fill fill the ball more. Dude. But, uh, okay. but like, build build like, but like realistically, like there's a lot <laughs> of talent there, <laughs> and it just needs to do it. There we go.
2: It wasn't loud enough. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> no!
3: <laughs>
5: that's why that's why Ali passed me the mic was just to buzz
3: me. Wow. Um, okay. She knows you're long winded. That's true.
0: With that, uh, someone commented on the live and said, Yo Papa Dre, Italian Stallion.
3: That was, that, was Dre. That, was Dre, right? that was definitely Spencer That was definitely Spencer. Shout out yes. to Spencer. What's up?
0: Um, we will be doing these podcasts live most of the time, so be sure to uh, um, leave us comments and we'll answer your questions. Shout out to Iceman also for leaving us nice comments always on the Denver Sports Podcast, just saying nice to hear you guys all. So we appreciate you, Iceman. Uh, do you have anything? You look like you have something to say.
2: Oh no! Oh, okay, <laughs> I had something to say on the last topic, but you cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never well, coming back. Wait, we gotta wrap it up.
0: Um, as always, be sure to leave us ratings. We we got a one star rating, guys. Oh, How dare no. they? How dare they? Only one, but so go. go that was leave probably
3: us. that guy who did not like my anti-Broncos take.
2: <laughs> it, it's
0: <a> possibility. <laughs> Look, there's
2: five stars right here. All you right have to here. do is just copy
4: this.
0: And and then you got out another one for. Drake. And
4: I don't belong mm.
0: in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, go leave Leave us a review. Go leave us a rating. Leave us your comments on the Denver Sports Podcast post. And go vote for who won the week. It's going to be an interesting one because we, we had a lot of different Mel, discu- Mel, discussions. Mel, Mel. But we'll see you guys next week.
1: Ah, mmm.
3: The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy.